Well, you know what that sound means. Every Wednesday, 6 to 7, Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Chris Cero, of course, producing the operation. Good evening, Pete. Good evening. Happy Jets Week. It is Jets Week. Right? It is Jets Week. And we'll get to the Jets. Jets, uh, interesting team that manufactured four rushing yards in the second half last week, which is why I think Adam Gase, and I'm glad he's the coach for this because this is all going to be Le'Veon Bell. To find interest in this game, it's going to be Le'Veon Bell with the Jets and how bad the Chiefs are going to beat them. Well, one thing I noted. The 40th uh, meeting. Well, one thing I, I noted on Arrowhead Pride today is that typically you would have two teams, one that's 6-1 and one, and one that's 7-0, and a no, mm-hmm. and that game would be, what, like unwatchable. But there's this major storyline right now. I think that is going to have a lot of eyeballs on this game, not just in New York, New Jersey, and Kansas City. It'll be nationally because people are going to want to see how Le'Veon Bell plays against Adam Gase so shortly after what was their grand fallout. Will he do a touchdown spike with a little bean mug over towards Adam Gase? What will I hope a- so. Yeah, I hope so too. But that that's really the driving force of interest behind this game. Hey, Jets have won four the last six. This is the 40th meeting. They're 19-19-1 against each other. Jets have played the Chiefs relatively well. The most I'm not re- expecting it this week, but. The most remarkable thing about the Jets right now is that Gates still has that job. They want the first pick, Pete. This makes sense. All these teams that fire their coaches, they get a little bump. Look at the Texans. They fire Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell gives them a bump. No, you want Trevor Lawrence. It's a once-in-a-generational quarterback. You don't want to screw this up. They've already screwed it up before with Sam Darnold. Anyway, we'll get to the Jets in a minute. Here's Andy Reid when he spoke to the media today about the uh, brief, brief injury report of the Kansas City Chiefs. As far as uh, practice goes, uh, Armani Watts is uh, sick. He won't practice today. Schwartz and Sammy Watkins are getting better, but uh, won't practice today. So um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Jets. Um, Good football team. Well coached. Well, the one thing about Armani Watts is you may say, well, Armani Watts is still a member of the Chiefs. Yes, he plays a ton of special teams yeah. for the Chiefs. He even returned to kick this year. He only he had eight defensive snaps against Denver. Okay, he's not utilized very often. He came there in a backup role. Uh, but that's not the big news. Schwartz, Watkins didn't practice, but he says they're getting better. Chris Jones, everybody else was full participant in practice, was on the injury report, except for Chris Jones, who was limited participant with that growing still, which to me – i give him the Jets game off. I'd just heal it out. Why, why push it? But your feelings on Schwartz and Watkins, if they're coming back, and what would you do with Chris Jones? Yeah, I, I just think the Jets are a team where if there's any question, like if it's not 100%, if it's like, okay, Schwartz is recovering, but he's 99%. Same thing with Watkins and the hamstring. And, and you're just like, yeah, there's a little sliver up to doubt. Why play? Why play these guys? You don't need them to beat the New York Jets. I mean, I know you don't want to look at it like that, or you don't want to take anyone lightly. Those were things that I asked Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid about today, and they're focused on beating the Jets. But that's not a game where you need to rush anyone back. It's not the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're playing for an AFC bye. This is the New York Jets. You can beat them with some of these injuries. And it does remind me of that situation where, like, sometimes you'll see players held out through the bye week, you're just like, well, if we rest them this game, they'll have a good two weeks off their feet. That's, to me, almost like this Jets game. It almost feels like a bye. Yeah, the Jets are kind of a bye week. Interesting, the, uh, the depth chart came out yesterday in the game notes for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
There's Daniel Kilgore listed as the top center. Austin Ryder's now the second one. Now, the way the Chiefs do it is, right. I understand. It's probably it's probably the PR and everything putting the step chart together, but I think there's something to it. Rimmers is slotted in left guard, and we've seen him at tackle. So when Swartz comes back, does Rimmers take that guard spot, or is it Nick Allegretti? That's the question. I think Nick Allegretti right now is playing for that starting position. I think the Chiefs were really kind to Austin Ryder and pointed to his injury, and, and the, the truth of it is that Austin Ryder was benched, right? So he's he's now not the starter for the remainder of the year. So you have Daniel Kilgore there. Mitch Schwartz is still the starter at right tackle. Backs are interesting. I know everyone was talking about how Dontari Poe is suddenly available. He was a guy that had back issues and really never was the same. So let's wait and see with Mitch Schwartz. I wouldn't be super surprised considering that Mitch Schwartz missed practice on Wednesday that we don't see him until after the bye, just because con- just considering you have to be really careful with, with the back injury. But you're right. When he gets back, it's his job. He's one of the better right tackles, if not the best right tackle in the National Football League. That left guard does become an interesting position. I thought that potentially Remmers, when he played in that emergency game for Wiley and played pretty well, that he might take that job from Wiley. Wiley got it back. So I really do think that the Chiefs see Mike Remmers as this emergency anything but center player so you pull him back out you keep him fresh and Allegretti right now is playing well so let him play until he proves otherwise brings a little bit of that nastiness that they're missing with Clutchio Simile he's that dirty tough that yeah, Andy dirty really tough. likes to talk dirty about dirty Dan yeah. on the offense man come on let's go dirty tough but Rivers is interesting because he can place all the positions Andy Reid loves that but Daniel Kilgore you know he was going to retire back in Tennessee Brett Beach called him Andy Reid called him I mean, there was an interest just watching film and talking to people and a guy that was not used all the time when he played center, but there's definitely an interest. With them, it's interesting what they've done with their centers because Austin Ryder was here. He started all year with the Super Bowl team. You know, they got him from Cleveland. He was a starter one game in Cleveland, tore an ACL, and boom, here he is with the Kansas City Chiefs. There was something the Chiefs didn't like. The offensive line has been playing really well lately, and – for what it's worth, having two centers that you feel good about, if one gets hurt mid-game, you know, Ryder's right there and can pick up right where he left off, so to speak. So that's not a bad thing either. And Kilgore can play. He deserves to be in there until, again, the offensive line isn't performing as well. You know who he filled in for was Cam Irving in Cleveland. Well, when that's he was a player that I think, center, yeah. uh, you know, every, right. me and you might have, a, have an opportunity. <laughs> no question. Chiefs hammered the Broncos 43-16. to 10th straight win over the Denver Broncos. And they did it in just a different kind of fashion. They were 0 for 8 on third downs. It wasn't, again, the offense explosion that you wanted to see. But they didn't need it. They got a well need. They went from 30th in special teams DVOA to 24th because of the nice 102-yard return from Byron Pringle, who I think has earned some playing time, not only a returner, but I think we could see him sprinkled in even more at wide receiver. Byron Pringle's an interesting name. It it seems like he's one of those players, and you see this a lot in football. I mean, Bank, you've been covering football forever, where a player does so many things he cannot be ignored anymore. I think we're approaching that area with Byron Pringle where he deserves to be playing at least maybe over a guy like Demarcus Robinson, maybe getting opportunities that would have otherwise went to McCall Hardman. Not that I don't like McCall. I just think – you have all these targets for Byron Pringle. He's hungry. This was his way to. He show catches what he the could football do. and in big spots. It's not even in small spots. It's it's in big situations, third down situations where you need the catch. And and I think he deserves, especially now that he runs 102 yards for a touchdown. Good things are happening with the ball in his hands. Why not give him the opportunity? 
Of course, he went to Special Teams U in Kansas State where he had two kick returns for the Wildcats. We got a 50-yard pick from Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan, every game just does something. He just does. And I love him in the safety rotation. I like what Thornhill's been doing. Definitely like the Badger. He's everywhere. But then there's Dirty Dan in that three-safety situation for the Chiefs. He can creep up. He's almost the essential linebacker size now in the NFL because the linebackers went a lot smaller. They used mm-hmm. to be, you know, Pepper Johnson type, 6'3", 6'4", 250 pounds. But Dirty Dan just seems to be the guy that just shines for this team in various situations. That was a huge pick in the game against the Broncos. Yeah, I know he was here before Matthew, but he's almost like a little Tyron Matthew Jr. with hybrid ability and, and ability to play different positions for the Chiefs. And he can stick with receivers, but also play in the box and will it really will bring the thunder down. I mean, you talk about the Denver Broncos game and, and not that anyone is intentionally knocking players out of the game, but Sorensen hit Lindsay, I believe it was in two out of three plays and essentially knocked him out of the game with a concussion. And I, I don't think Dan Sorensen's the type of guy that was aiming for his head or anything. It was just was hard football and it ended up happening. And Lindsay was sort of the only positive thing going on for the Broncos. So he eliminated that, and and not to say that if Lindsey stayed in the game, things would have been differently, but I just thought he really just brought the thunder there, and then he has the, the pick six, and it's a player that knows he isn't what would be, I guess, right along the same lines as one of the most athletic linebackers or safeties, I should say, in the league, but he puts in the work with the film room. I remember being at Chiefs.com a couple of years back, and Sorensen was there late. I mean, he just was a guy, this was a long time ago now, uh, stays late, really focuses on trying to find that edge uh, from tendencies and things like that. That's why he was able to sniff out that punt in the division game and, and come back against the, the Texans. The guys love him, and Tyron Matthew loves him because of the work he puts in. Undrafted guy from BYU that made this team because of that work ethic that you're talking about. Um as far as Dirty Dan is concerned. And how about the deep ball? We've seen we've seen a potpourri of different defensive coordinators that actually know a little bit about defense. And Gus Bradley with the Chargers. Of course, he was with the Legion of Zoom and Pete Carroll in Seattle. He's with the Chargers. The Chargers did a nice job of limiting the Chiefs and really putting a pressure with Tillery and Ingram and Bosa on that front. We've seen Wink Martindale with the Ravens, who, by the way, have the lowest scoring defense in the NFL. So they continue to do great jobs. He didn't solve the Mahomes mystery. He tried to blitz him. Didn't work. They've played against Bill Belichick. Sean McDermott is a defensive mind with the Buffalo Bills. And then we see Vic Fangio. We can say what we want about quarterback developer or offense, which I think he's not great at at all. That's an understatement. But he does know defense in those tendencies. So we've seen now some of the best of the best go against Pat Mahomes. But the one common theme is, they're really taking that deep ball away from him. Right, and it's been an adjustment. And I think the Chiefs are fortunate to be facing these problems where other teams are coming at them, eliminating the deep ball now than maybe you would have liked to see when he was a first-year starter. That's been a theme this week, too. Patrick Mahomes simply saying, I'm taking what's in front of me, and he's fine with that. I mean, I, I think we all make a big deal out of, about the numbers, and we would like to see – him have similar to numbers to the Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers, so he could be back in the MVP race. But I mean, the Chiefs are getting wins, and they're doing enough. Yes, I, I think there are issues with the offense, and you'd like to see it be clicking a little bit better. 
But what I think you have in front of you are the Jets and the Panthers, and and to me that offers you get-right games before you get the bye week, and really the bulk of your schedule, that's going to be a challenge. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire now, the second-leading rusher in the NFL. He's number two, only behind Alma Kamara in all-purpose yards, right ahead of Derrick Henry, so he's doing his job. But Le'Veon Bell, we saw him you know, get his first work. We saw 17 snaps for him. Uh, we saw two runs of 16-plus uh, yards in that game. Le'Veon Bell is a story, and how much time is he going to take away from, from Clyde? He's definitely taking time away from, from Darrell Williams. And you had said this as well, Pete. You're on 730 in the morning with the Fesco in the morning on mm-hmm. Tuesdays. And this is the splits that you thought it would be. Now the Chiefs have really two talented running backs at that position. I, you got a short glimpse of Le'Veon Bell, and it really did seem like he had a lot left in the tank. But that was the problem. The Chiefs were just scoring. You don't get the football after you score. It's not like uh, basketball on, on on the playground where you score and you keep the ball. No, you have to give the ball back. And so you didn't really get a chance to see how this thing is going to work. But my inclination, based upon some rumblings and what I think, I, I think it'll eventually be worked to a, a complete 50-50 split. And you got to look. you got to look where maybe one guy takes the, this series and the next guy takes another series. Maybe they'll pop out if there's a long run and if you want to give one of them a breather. But I think you'll see one running back stay in for the entire series and then you keep the other guy fresh by going to the other back the next series. And you can also keep them in and rid of them that way. They're both very, very good. I also think there'll be certain situations where maybe Bell gets in, like in short yardage or on the goal line, um, and, and you remove Clyde from those situations until he gets a little bit better at following his keys. I think it'll eventually be 50-50, and you're going to see more and more Bell as he gets comfortable because, to me, clearly, there's still a lot there. I'm kind of in the neighborhood you're in with that. Yeah. Uh, Trez Paler on the Trez Paler Show, I asked him, Back on Monday, what do you expect the split to be? Oh yeah, I think I think it could get to sixty forty, sixty five thirty five. But but I also think it's going to depend on situations because, um, you know, there are going to be some situations where Bell is a better fit for what they want to do, whether it's second and long or third and long. You know, unless they're going to run the ball. And I, I thought this was interesting too. Like, feels like Andy is starting to, Andy and Eric are starting to. Get Edwards Elair involved a little bit in the past game. Like I saw he was targeted four times um this week. And um, you know, it's it's they're gonna use both those guys in the past game, but the ability of both to catch is so important because it means they're gonna stay multiple and it means defenses won't be able to stay on top of what they're doing. I don't think any of us really know. You said fifty fifty, Therese is sixty forty. I'm kind of fifty five forty five split. I mean, we're all kind of in the same ballpark. There, but it's all going to be situational. It's 1A, 1B, and I think it could get to a certain situation later in the season where maybe Bell is even that 1A. I think it just depends on how this thing goes. I think the Chiefs truly, and sometimes it is just coach speak, but I think the Chiefs in this particular situation truly see both of these guys as starters. And if as you look around the league and you look at the Denvers and maybe you look at Cleveland prior to Nick Chubb getting hurt, it really just depends on who has it, like – Sometimes you're alternating series, and all of a sudden, Nick Chubb just happens to rumble down, where in four or five carry, you know, you're going to keep him out there. And I think maybe you start to see the similar thing in Kansas City, where Clyde has a really good drive, or Bell has a really good drive. Guess who's coming out the next drive? It's going to be Bell, because I think in a a year, you're starting to ride that hot hand. So I think it'll be 50-50-ish, and we'll see how these games go. We'll ask Kent Swanson that question, our offensive uh, guru from ArrowheadPride.com. We'll talk to Kent when we come back next. 
This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, and Chris Lucero. Producing time to go to the phone line and talk to our offensive guru from ArrowheadPride.com. Although he'll talk defense, special teams, he'll talk everything with you. But on this show, we'd like to talk to Kent about offense. What's up, Kent? I will not talk about special teams. I will refuse to talk about special teams. Anything else we can talk about, it's fine. My bad. I thought it was Matt Lane for a second. <laughs> See, we'll talk about that with me, damn it. Uh, all right. Denver. I know, hey, I know Craig will. Craig will do it. He's oh, Craig will, guy. too. He's Craig likes football. kinds of kicker analysis for you. He also will talk about his smoked fried chicken, which is amazing. I think we were, only the, we were the only chief site that had a full punter breakdown as soon as the move was made, man. Yeah, Tommy Townsend. Love, battle, man. Yeah. You should. All right, Kent. What did you see with Denver versus Pat? Because I got some some calls on the post game. Hey, does he still have it? He's got a lot going on. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, no. Are you guys kidding me? He doesn't have to throw deep. They're finding ways to win without it. He hasn't uncorked the cannon yet, and he will in due time. But let's face it, he's played against some really good defensive minds in the NFL. He's played against some great offensive minds, some teams that have been thinking about trying to stop him for an entire year because they're in his division like Vic Fangio. Um, and I don't think he's played that bad either. You know, I think it's kind of it's kind of funny to, you know, see this, you know, everybody's kind of freaking out and the reality is Patrick Mahomes has normalized some of the things that no other people on the planet can do. And it's wild, and we're not getting to see the same kind of stuff that we're used to. And he's not getting to chuck the ball down the field like we're used to. Um, but the man is still hes still playing at a, at, a, at a high level. He's just playing differently. And, and you might have to get used to it because teams are hell-bent on trying to take away the things that make Patrick Mahomes so special. So he's having to beat people other ways. He's having to hand the ball off. I think people just need to calm down just a little bit. I want to ask Ken Swanson, our lead draft and film analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. Each and every week, he does a really good job breaking down the film of Patrick Mahomes. He has this reviewing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' quiet offensive day in Denver. Ken, it wouldn't have been that quiet if Clyde Edwards-Elair had not dropped that clear touchdown pass. Can you kind of walk us through what happened on that play? No, there's another one of those plays that everybody would probably be, you know, freaking out over how cool it was. It's, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that it, it finishes into the bargain there. But, you know, there's just one of those plays in the red zone, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes stepped up, he scrambled, he rolled out, and, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was kind of working with him. And, and, and Mahomes kind of threw a, bo- a ball behind the ear of a linebacker who wasn't looking at him and was chasing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, you know, it was right before a safety was closing on it, too. It was a really small window. And, it was a really impressive throw and, and a really nice little risk by Mahomes. And <laughs> Clyde Edwards dropped it. You know, you didn't, mm. you know it's going to happen. I think the ball kind of snuck up on him a little bit. I think he might have been a little surprised that Mahomes would have tried that in a situation like that. Um, because, you know, you can, you can practice with Mahomes. You can prepare all you want. But once you get on the field, you know, there's some things that will surprise you every now and then. I think he just kind of snuck up on him. Uh, it would have been a really cool play. And I think, you know, you might remember it in the red zone that dropped. It could have been it could have been one of those Mahomes highlights on the season for sure. And the one thing too, Kent, also you know, speaking of throwing to backs, there was one where Pat Mahomes didn't have time to throw it. I mean, the, the Bradley Chubb was on him within a second, and he had to tuck the football. But but in the flat, there was Le'Veon Bell, yep. you know, wide open. He probably would have liked that extra second or two seconds because that would have been a huge play for Bell, if not a touchdown. 
Young Bell that you saw this week, that if, if it's five weeks from now, it probably goes differently. And I think, you know, Mahomes and, and, and Bell need to get on the same page. I think Mahomes or Bell specifically just needs to get a little bit more comfortable because some of those protections that the Chiefs were running, they, they were five-man protections with the back out of the backfield, no responsibilities in pass protection, but then percent six. And it kind of put, you know, the protection in, in a compromised situation where the ball's got to get out quickly to a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell wasn't ready all the time. He wasn't always prepared for the ball. Um, and, and he was late to turn his head. And, and I think if he'd been ready a little bit quicker, it'd be a nice game for Le'Veon Bell, giving Mahomes a chance to avoid a big hit um, or at least get a completion out of it instead of a sack. So there was some miscommunication there. And, and give it a little time, and, and they'll be fixed. But there's there's definitely some improvements that can be made in that regard. Kent, what do you uh, think about the split of Le'Veon Bell-Clyde? Because I mean, Le'Veon Bell looks smooth. He had the two two runs over 16 yards. Uh, Pete thinks it'll be a 50-50 split eventually. Had Therese Paler on the Therese Paler Show Monday thinking maybe a 60-40 split uh, between the backs going forward. Um, I'm kind of in between there, 55-45 split. What did you see from Le'Veon Bell, and kind of where are you at with percentages that we could see from the Chiefs' utilization of their backs? Well, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has had, you know, 60 share you know, 60% share before here, too. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, he's not kind of, you know, had that already happen to him in some regard. I still think you'll see a fair amount of Le'Veon Bell, but I do think you're going to see Clyde Edwards-Alaire leading this group um, just because, I mean, he's earned it. I think one thing you kind of got to think about here, um, his career high in carries is 215 in a season. He's only done that once. He did that in 2019 at LSU. He's already got 115 in seven games. So, you know, you don't want to create too big of a gap between what he's done in the past and what he's, you know, going to try to do this year. So I think Le'Veon Bell helps lighten that workload. I think the good news for Kansas City, it really doesn't matter, I think, whether it's 60-40, 55-45, 65-35. Look at that math, by the way. How about that? But, um, you know, I, I, on the I fly don't think too. it matters. You've got, a, you've got a really good running back on the field. And that's what you got to see. What I, what I saw, Le'Veon Bell was very impressive. And frankly, outside of that drop, what I saw from Clyde Edwards-Lair was impressive too. That touchdown run he finished was was excellent. It was great stuff. You got to be really excited about what this team has got going on here um, with both the running backs. You, you're guaranteed to have a quality back on the field at all times, and that's what Chiefs fans should be excited about. And don't freak out about the splits and the shares. Frankly, I think Le'Veon Bell might get 40 carries against the Jets just so they can embarrass Greg Williams. Ken, I was just going to ask you about that. We have Bell versus Gates. I know you and the Nerd Squad crew are going to break the game fully down on our Arrowhead Pride podcast that posts on Friday. But how about a preview of the preview? What is Bell's final numbers against the Jets? Oh, I think the Chiefs give him, let's call it, 13 carries. He gets 98 yards out of it, a touchdown. Three catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. He has a big day. Um, and, you know, Clyde still gets a little bit of his, but I do think they might I think they might give Le'Veon Bell a few more carries, and, and maybe the splits aren't quite what you're you're expecting in this game just because I think Le'Veon Bell is trying to show up his old team. And, frankly, I don't care if they show up Adam Gates. I do care. I kind of want him to run it up on Greg Williams. I think that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Speaking of local, how many mean mugs for Le'Veon Bell to Adam Gase? So I'm going to set the over under at two. Something. 
you know he's got something cooking. I don't know if it's going to be a mean mug, but if he gets in the end zone, like he might, he might do something stupid. And then, and I'll, I'll, I'll be here for the pettiness. I, I'm all about that pettiness. I hopefully, hopefully it's taunting Greg Williams though instead. Honestly, I think that would be more fun. Well, Kit Swanson does amazing work over at ArrowheadPride.com. I didn't mention it when we let in, but I'll mention it now. He also part of that draft guide, the best draft guide in the country, in my opinion. He, Craig Stout, Matt Lane, and others put that bad boy together every year. And if you haven't bought the Arrowhead Pride draft guide, you're doing it all wrong because I'll swear the Raiders are doing it. <laughs> my man, I appreciate the plug. Take that Mayock money. See, this is what's the problem here. You, you have you have the situation where the guys get better and better at this every year. We did already have Mike Mayock that went from NFL Network to the front office. Pretty soon they're going to pluck all my film guys and draft bring them guide. to the Chiefs you're front right, office. I know. Kent, you take care, my friend. Keep up the fine work. ArrowheadPride.com. We'll talk to you soon. Kent, <laughs> I think he had a, uh, I think he had a rough phone line tonight. Couple, couple, couple drops. Maybe La- right I ought to take that quesadilla. <laughs> I made it. Get that down. That. Why didn't we talk about that at the beginning of this show? Your There's ca- no reason for it. It's it not- is your quesadilla that you tweeted out today. If you want to go and look at it, twitter.com slash three guys in the garage and go to the media section, you can see this quesadilla. That's worse than the Jets. That's a that level of quesadilla is a is a worse quesadilla than the Jets the are Jets a football the team. You are. <laughs> you got to find yourself a lady that can make yeah. you make you some food. Jay, that's pretty what bad. You need. Pretty bad. I'm the a Jets, partner, a life partner that can make you some some food. The Jets of the kitchen. Well, that's Kent Swanson, Swanson offense with ArrowheadPride.com. Now it's time to check in. We come back from the break with Craig Stout, who does defense work with ArrowheadPride.com. Next, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, six ten Sports Radio. The official broadcast partners of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. I'm Jay Binkley with Editor-in-Chief Pete Sweeney and Chris Nocero, producing the operation. Don't forget, 913-576-7610. That is our text line, Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. If you have a question for Pete Sweeney in the final segment, that's where we address uh, your questions there. But now it's time to look at the Chiefs' defense with none other than the best defensive film analyst in the business, in my opinion. You can check out his fine work. Over at ArrowheadPride.com, he's also part of that uh, draft guide that I mentioned so often with Kent Swanson. Craig, good evening. Hey, good evening, Bank. How are we doing today? Hey, we're doing good. Uh, Craig, I want to start here because we've talked about uh, this gentleman for a long time, even going back to the NFL draft. Um, Willie Gay and what he could bring the Chiefs. We know that you know the, the highest-graded pass uh, defender in college football from the linebacker position. Got to show that a little bit. His snap count had been going up against Buffalo, went back down as 5%, went up to 51%, made the first tackle of the game, fine tackle, and had a pass deflected. Uh, Willie Gay, we even started to see more in two linebacker sets instead of the three, so that kind of shows you the trust level with the Chiefs. Is what we saw in Denver what we can see going forward, or will it still revert to that Buffalo 5% at times? 
I think it's just really going to depend on the opponent. Opponents that are going to play those sort of spread-out offenses, they still don't have enough trust in Willie Gay Jr. Even those nickel reps that he got at the very, very end of the game next to Ben Neiman there were more just trying to get him some experience. Those were arguably his worst reps of the day. If you go on Arrowhead Pride, our guy Matty Lane actually went down a deep dive of the Willie Gay Jr. snaps, and he kind of covered some of those. But when you see him in those base snaps, those are the ones that everybody remembers, that early stop, the couple of pass deflections. You're seeing a player that's growing into that role, that's understanding where he needs to be. And in coverage, especially, he looks very good in those hook roles. He's a very long defender, and he's a very explosive defender, can really get up on those vertical jumps. He makes an already small window to throw into, a, an incredibly small window to throw into. So that's a guy that you want patrolling in the middle of the field. He's just going to need to get more and more reps in the base until the, the coaching staff can trust him to go into those nickel and dime sets. Talking with Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. Bing, good that we could talk about the best unit on this team for a change here, the defense right now. Ooh. Craig, I want to cast a wide net. We're approaching what would be the trade deadline. Do you want to see the Chiefs make any moves? And we don't have to narrow it down to a player, but what position, if so, and, and why? I think with Mike Dana's designation to return this week, that I'd be looking yeah, that's huge. at it. That's huge. I'd be looking hard at interior offensive line, maybe some tackle depth, especially with Mitch Schwartz. You know, who knows when he's going to be back with that back. He's just not practicing right now, and I'm fine with letting him rest, but they don't really have a whole lot on offensive line right now. The defensive end position was the next most worrisome spot for me just because it's very thin. It lacks a little bit of pass rush juice. Mike Dana is going to be able to come in and play a little more base down. Taco Charlton practiced today. That kind of that helps a lot with that rotation. They can keep it healthy and then add Alex Okafor in. I really think that it's just offensive line for me right now. If they can go out and find a bad team that's looking to offload maybe a higher price guy or a guy in the last year of his deal, I would make that a priority to go protect Patrick Mahomes. Craig, what have you noticed uh, from the Chiefs' last two games? Because I remember the Honey Badger saying after the Raiders game, it's time to go back to the lab. Listen, they've lost one game since November 10th of 2019. They don't lose. But he said going back to the lab, accountability, and the defense has just been night and day difference, in my opinion, these last two games than what we saw in good quarterbacks. You know, I still believe in Drew Locke. I like what Josh Allen was doing. And the Chiefs shut Josh Allen down. They shut Drew Locke down. But what kind of have you noticed since the Honey Badger said, we went back to the lab? It's communication. And it's just making sure that every single one of those guys is on the same page. In that Raiders game, you were seeing free-running wide receivers. Guys were playing man when other guys were playing zone. And it just wasn't good communication. That is just very atypical, especially in this group, like Dan Sorensen said today in his presser, that has now been together for a couple of years, and they kind of know each other really, really well. It was just a bad game from that point of view. You see what happens when they're all on the same page. You see this Buffalo Bills performance that was very stifling in the passing game. You see Drew Locke incredibly uncomfortable and not really wanting to test the waters deep, and that he has been throwing deep all year long. He didn't even really want to try against the Chiefs defense. And then Spagnolo and Daly dialed up some of their more exotic blitzes this week. 
got to see a spade blitz that Charverius Ward came off the edge there completely on block. Steve Spagnuolo knows how to scheme that stuff up. We're just going to see that sort of ratchet up as the year goes along. You know, you don't need to show it all too early. You're just going to see hints of it as the year goes along. That coverage unit on the back end just needs to keep talking to each other, keep being on the same page, and they'll be fine up front. Once again, the Chiefs' injury report today to start the week. Armani Watts missed with an illness. Mitchell Schwartz back. Sammy Watkins' hamstring all did not practice. Chris Jones actually was limited with a groin issue. Craig, it's the New York Jets. Does Chris Jones need to play in this game if there's any question? No. No, especially not with Colin Saunders back. I'm fine with giving the young guys a little bit of rest here. And on top of that, speaking of the injury report, the New York Jets currently had three of their five starting offensive linemen that were either limited or did not practice today. And their two best wide receivers did not practice today with a groin injury and a concussion. This already bad New York Jets team is going to be severely depleted this weekend, potentially, if that kind of looks like that's the way it's going to go. Tell Chris Jones, listen, man, we get it. You would play in the playoffs. You'd be here if we needed you. But let's take it. Let's take a step back and let's just get right against this New York Jets team. I mean, guys, do we agree? It's just going to be 100, 100 to nothing Chiefs. <laughs> Well, yeah, sure. They, I mean, they only had, uh, what was it, four yards of total <laughs> offense in the second half last week against that, that Bills defense that the Chiefs shredded. That's so, tough to do, uh, though, I mean, man. We'll just admit it, Craig. That, that, that is tough. That is tough to do. I Very I tough. Yeah, the I mean, that's hard. I mean, that's impressive. Work here. <laughs> what do the Chiefs keep him at? Less than 20? 50? Where are you putting the Chiefs in the second half? Uh, Could be a lot of backups playing by then. No. No, it's going to be a soft dime at the end of that game because the Chiefs are going to be up so big that, that Sam Darnold will just be able to check down for, for yardage underneath. Yeah, and the Bills just weren't up that much. It was 18-10, to 10, so I expect a completely different score. But, yes, four yards uh, in the second half, which is incredibly, incredibly tough to do. Craig nailed it on the head, though. The interesting thing about this game is not only is it super lopsided, 14 players on the injury report. you got to think yeah. that some of those guys will be questionable. A handful of them will be out. But let me ask you this. Does it matter? No. No, of course it doesn't matter. I, I mean, it's still, it's still Jets. team is fairly devoid of talent. And I hate to be that cocky about it because you should never be that cocky in the NFL. But this Chiefs team, <laughs> if they're playing well, especially on defense, there's very little that the New York Jets are going to be able to do. There's just not enough firepower on that side of the ball, and they've removed their two arguably best players in Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams this year. They've moved on from those guys, so they are actively trying to get as many picks as possible. The tank is on, and so, I mean, that's why Adam Gase is here, so I just don't expect that they're going to be putting up much of a fight one way or another, but if they're that depleted due to injuries, it's just even more lopsided. Let's not forget the Jets took Jamal Adams that same year that Patrick Mahomes was available. Let's <laughs> never forget that. Craig, always good talking to you. You can check out Craig's fine work at arrowheadpride.com and also his film breakdowns at Barley Hop on Twitter. It's a, it's a, he does amazing stuff looking at uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense and different snaps. Thanks a lot, Craig. Thanks, guys. There you go. Your chance to ask Pete Sweeney a question, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. 913-576-7610 is the text number. We'll do that and take a look at the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.
Next. <laughs> this is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. Final segment of Arrowhead Pride Radio brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney, we heard from offensive guru Ken Swanson. We heard defensive film analyst Craig Stout, as we always do. Played the hits. Each and every week. And I got Matt Lane from ArrowheadPride.com actually coming up at Bink at Night, which starts at 7. Different show, but uh, same theme. Same vibe. Same vibe. Same vibe going. Keep the vibes flowing. Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 As I mentioned, they took Jamal Adams sixth in that year that Mahomes. Everybody wants to talk about the Bears. Everyone wants to talk about all these teams screwing up and not getting Mahomes. The Jets could have had him. They picked Jamal Adams, who's not even there anymore. Are, are you saying what I think you're saying? You 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 think we're going to get the counting the six on the fingers tonight? <laughs> we could see the Sunday. count the six from Mahomes. One, two, three, four, five, six. They the can have Watson, that, too. I mean, come on. I know they got Darnold see, the year after, Chicago, but Darnold's hot garbage. Chicago's a bigger problem than that, though, because the Bears still have Trubisky, and they're going with Nick Foles, who is this high-variance quarterback who's good sometimes and bad on others, and clearly the other night we got a bad version of Nick Foles. The thing with the Jets is Jamal Adams was a decent player. I mean, yeah, you'd rather Mahomes. That's obvious. But Jamal Adams is great. But you got rid of him. You had to get rid of him because you were he was so unhappy. And so, yeah, it's 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 doubled down almost. And it's amazing too when you think about court. Like, what would Mahomes have been like with that disaster in New York? Would he have turned it around or not? I mean, with the legend of would he have an MVP? He wouldn't have a Super Bowl MVP at this point. He could, I guess, still have an MVP. But See, there's just not I, a lot of talent around him. I think that no matter what, Mahomes would have been a solid quarterback and top 15, maybe top 10 anywhere, he would not be so the greatest quarterback the to begin his career in history without Andy Reid. He wouldn't. Huh. That's reality. I, I know that that probably is a little hot takey, but these guys needed each other bad. I think it's why that you've seen Andy Reid after 20 years of doing this. He signed up for five more years. I think the reported contract was 2025. Because Patrick Mahomes is so young and so good, and he's been waiting for a player of this talent for two decades. So he'll sign up for a third decade. Well, there's always this thing. Everybody's always looking for the next quarterback, and they're willing to move fast, like Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins. Looks like they're moving fast on that one. They're probably going to move fast on Sam Nardle with the Jets. Everybody's looking for that. But it takes that coach as well. That's a great point. It takes that head coach with that quarterback. So you can bring in whatever quarterback you want, like Tom Brady. Would, if he had gone to Cleveland, Belichick's in New England, would we still, and I know Belichick's a defensive mind, but we still have heard the legend of Tom Brady. Uh, that's a good question. And here's the thing with the Jets. They do have Greg Williams, the former, uh, uh, he's been a former head coach, former Belton High School head coach uh, here in the area. He's been around, of course, uh, the uh, the uh, turmoil he was in with mm-hmm. New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but also, he's from Excelsior Springs around the area. He's had uh, some teams this year thinking he's a dirty coach, and that's the thing with Mahomes. You can surely you wouldn't take him out since he is the well, since his hometown is in this town. I think so many people are watching now that it, man, he they would get on him if if he intentionally injured someone like Patrick Mahomes, who not only is great for the Chiefs but really just good for the league. That would be an ugly decision by him. I I I don't I don't think that'll happen. I think the big 
The big matchup this weekend for me is, is Bell Gase. That's the most interesting thing about this game, and I, I know the Chiefs aren't in love with talking about that type of storyline, but, man, that is going to be something to, to behold. All right, let's go to the text line, 913-576-7610. Your question's for Pete. Mm. Uh, did Bink order in some food that Casey No, the quesadilla was crap, okay? Almost burnt the place we, down. I, I went out and got food because it's We sucked. have a company kitchen here. Yeah, Bink frequents the company yeah. kitchen, likes Bang Energy yeah. drinks, yeah. and what Love is it? Them. What do you got in that bag? A tuna sandwich? An old tuna no, sandwich? I don't have anything, Pete. But anyway, that's a good question by you, obviously. I put up on Twitter. Um, it hasn't made Arrowhead Pride yet, but uh, Pete's dad saw it because I got a text from Pete's dad, so I know it's making the Arrowhead Pride circuit. There you go. Uh, any chance from the 785, any chance they make a run at Gilmore in New England? I, I think with Brett Feach, I, I, I know it a little a little bit of a cop-out answer. I'm, I'm always saying never say never. That's I mean, the player of the year last year. Former first or, or second rounder, and, and whenever these talents become available, I mean, I, I always think about the moment when he said the thing about Sammy Watkins. Just like Sammy Watkins and players like him don't come available often, which is why the first call they he tried... They got in a fight last year. The first call he tried to make was to Watkins and, and his representation, and I, I believe it was with the Rams or it might have been the Bills. or But he, anyway, he tried to acquire Watkins right away. Anthony Hitchens another guy just because he goes after the talent he likes. Now... I think it's just going to be too expensive, and he hasn't necessarily prioritized that position. Well, Belichick's not players. biting on those rumors. He's not. You wouldn't expect that. I I just think it would be so expensive from a from a draft pick standpoint. I think you need a lot of positions right now if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, especially because you've dealt out these contracts. I just think draft pick wise, be too expensive for me. No, I'm with you. From the seven eight five, Pete says serious question. So try to be serious here for a second. Okay. Should we make a trade for pass rusher or DB? Obviously, Gilmore, you just talked about that to help strengthen our defense. No, I think I think Craig hit it, man. I, I think as the Chiefs get healthier, Taco Charlton and, and Dana has, has shown that they're good enough. I mean, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, when they're healthy, give you a good defensive line. I know, know Jones is on the inside there, but I think you need to, and you, and you save those picks for the future. The Chiefs have a lot of these contracts now. They're going to need this. Young talent to be good. Hitting on the draft is going to be key these next couple of years. Well, the Jets aren't really moving that needle much on the text line. My quesadilla is, by the way. More questions. The quesadilla about that. is is just incredible to bowl. That's something you got to check out if you haven't yet. I, it's tough again, to do. Someone again. asked me what flavor of bang I drink. Uh, what's this one here? This is Starblast Bang. It's a. Here's the one right here. When will Willie Gay become a full blown starter? Good I, one. Finally. We've seen him now approach, what, 50% of the snaps? Well, except he was 5% in Buffalo. He had been creeping up about 50%. But it was a different style of game because the Chiefs were in base a bit more. Um, I got to think at least by the the last quadrant of the year, so maybe the last four games, I think he's starting. Do you remember having the conversation with me before the season started? And I said that I expect to see Willie Gay. I had said after week four or five. I said, well, give him to there. You're not going to hear Willie Gay's name much until after week four or five. And I will say this. He looked great in coverage, and I think the Chiefs finally have that coverage linebacker that they've been looking for. Let's be honest with with ourselves. Willie Gay, I think, had a great football game that went kind of unnoticed in that game. You can call it unsung or whatever. You and I like to do the, uh, well, I think I like it more, but the unsung player of the game. But I'd put Willie Gay there for what he did in Denver. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on Gay, and it was good to see him make some strides. I know you're going to talk to Matt Lane about that. Another person asked on the 913, when will... 
Lajarius Sneed be eligible to return? The injured reserve, you can put as many people as you want, so it's after three weeks. His injury is probably around six or six to eight weeks. I think we'll begin asking that question when the Chiefs get back from the bye. That's when I, I think we get into that territory of that clavicle surgery, usually it's six to eight weeks. And the clavicle is, we talk about the back. The clavicle, it just, it, the bad part was he was having a great season. It happened on a pass deflected. Right. Like Willie had made a great play defensively when it happened. And I know people want to see him get back. But let's face it, the secondary right now in the NFL, it's fourth right now. It was third. They were one of three teams giving up less than 200 yards passing. Yeah. But as I've said, that pass rush goes hand in hand with a good secondary. But this secondary is only giving up 211 yards a game. You're going to want really Snead back. Their stuff. You're going to want Snead back for when you when you play Antonio Brown, though. It'll be addition by subtraction. Antonio Brown ends up with the Buccaneers. Um, will he be on the team still? Bruce Arians <laughs> didn't want him. But I told Cody Gold, behaves. I told Alex Gold on the show, I said, hey, you watch it. I don't think Belichick brought in Antonio Brown. I think it was Tom Brady. Yeah. And Tom Brady, clearly it showed who runs that organization, him, not Bruce Arians. But we need to start looking at a big picture. We've looked at the AFC and who's that next contender and challenger. It might be time to start looking at the NFC as well for the Super Bowl if the Chiefs get there, which I believe they will, and I think you do too. Well, I think. But the Buccaneers with Brown. Until the Steelers have a loss, it's hard to look past the AFC for me. I, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs are a better team when it comes down to it against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they're rolling, man. They were able to get that win. I know it was a Guskowski miss with against the Titans at the last second. But a lot of Kowskis. Until they have a loss. 816, would it be a good week to just go for the two-point conversion? Why that's not? A, that's a good one. Here's the thing. Two-point conversions are up, but not only that, so is the success at yeah, 50%. Not, I know. Harrison we get Bunker, the enemy tomorrow. I'm not going to ask him about Harrison it. Harrison Bucker, by the way, drills field goals. Drills them. But he's missed an extra point in five games. Hasn't affected the Chiefs yet. We're going to talk to Tobe. To, we're going to talk to Tobe tomorrow, okay. so that'll certainly be a, a point of conversation. I will say this. Bink, do you know what seven two-point conversions equal? That's another touchdown, baby. Why not? Go for it. That's right. I don't mind it. I love two-point conversions. Seven. I absolutely love it. Energy drinks. By the time you get to 49, cheeseburger. you get to 56. That's how that'll work. There you go, Pete. Let's go for Look two. Look at that math. They're two for two this year. On, or, on, a lot uh, of math tonight. On conversions. Good job. Well, you've been listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Huge thanks to Kent Swanson on offense, on Craig Stout, on defense. And thanks to you, as always, Pete, the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Go to the website. Check out their fantastic work. Thanks, Pete. No more quesadillas. Thanks, Chris. Big at night next. <laughs>